Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose podcast, where we teach Christian entrepreneurs how to build a strong foundation of faith, growth, and skill to lead and thrive on purpose in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, certified coaches, Elizabeth and Sebastian Richard. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Thriving on Purpose podcast. I know you're all busy Christian entrepreneurs. You have lots of things to do, but you're invested in your personal growth, which is awesome. So this week we have a episode that I think you're going to really enjoy called Overcoming Self-Doubt in Leadership. So we're going to talk about solutions for the reluctant leader. And I think you're really going to enjoy this podcast because we uh, present different angles and different points using fun illustrations. And uh, I think you're going to really find this uh, interesting. It's definitely a twist and um, different insights that you haven't uh, heard of. That's for sure. So, yeah, we're taking a break this week from our Kingdom series. We've been invested deeply into our Kingdom series thus far. But I got to be honest, my content was just not ready. I needed more time to prepare it for to continue the Kingdom series. And I, I thought, you know what, since I'm not ready yet to present uh, the next episode for Kingdom, why not do a long overdue episode on leadership? And uh, we got something good for you this week. We really, really do. So, yeah, we're going to take a break. But before I move into this week's subject, Liz, if our listeners want to get more content if someone's listening to us right now and they don't know what we're about where can they find that out uh yes if you are a new listener you can go to thrivingonpurpose.com that's our blog our our website um all our podcasts are there to for you to listen and we have free resources for you guys as well so if you want to subscribe so that you get uh our podcast every week in your inbox you can also do that on the front page and we try to keep up with our youtube channel as well we download the podcast the episodes on our youtube channel so you can catch us on youtube as well and if you're blessed by this podcast if this podcast encourages you and teaches you great stuff and you really like listening to it every week well be sure to leave us a review on itunes or 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 any uh, any other platform you listen to us on that's much appreciated so this week we're going to talk about solutions for the reluctant leader because reluctant leaders are reluctant for one big reason and the reason is they have self-doubt and as we'll see together self-doubt is a strange animal depending on the stakes and i'm not talking about the meat there not not a steak i'm talking about the stakes okay what's at stake Self-doubt can hurt your leadership badly, or your followers, or in some cases, self-doubt can save them. And we'll see as we go what we mean by that. But before we dig deeper to climb higher, we want to tell you where we got the idea for this podcast. We got the idea for this podcast from one of the best leadership movies ever made. Now, I know what you're thinking when I say this. You're probably thinking along the lines of Braveheart 
or Gladiator, or maybe Saving Private Ryan? Nope, that's not what we're thinking about when we say the best leadership movie ever made. Actually, our choice of best leadership movie might surprise you. Recently, we had the pleasure of watching, as a family, as we do oftentimes on weekends, we were watching a family movie, which was a children's classic that was remade by Netflix. And the movie exemplified the following virtues in leadership. Liz, would you read the following, the, the virtues that we saw in the movie that we jotted down that we thought, yeah, the, this is all there in that movie. Yeah, we were really amazed and surprised and all these uh, different points came to mind. So we uh, saw servant leadership, self-leadership, family leadership, character, teamwork, passion, skill and creativity, empowering others, overcoming obstacles, and accomplishment. So all these things we identified as being part of that uh, movie for children, animated movie. So what was the movie? Drum roll. It was Watership Down. Now, for those of you who have no idea what Watership Down is about, let me just put you in context, okay? Well, Watership Down is a movie about, well, um, bunnies. Oh, what a cute little pink bunny rabbit. Just what I always wanted, my own little bunny rabbit. I will name him George, and I will hug him and pet him and squeeze him. No, 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 not those kinds of bunny rabbits. More like this. I'm sick of being Miss Warren. I'm sick of obeying your orders and throwing the line. Bailey, be careful now. Think about what you're doing. Go now, Captain Holly, or we'll kill the lot of you. Now that's more like it. Watership Down is pretty hardcore for a children's movie, okay? So I need to warn you, but it's not as bad as the first one that came out back in 78. So, Watership Down began as a novel, and it was written by Richard Adams, who is now deceased. And Liz, if you would read to our listeners the uh, Wikipedia uh, definition, if you will, of what the, the novel was about, Watership Down. Sure. So, um, it says, Watership Down is a survival and adventure novel by English author Richard Adams and published in 1972. Set in southern England, the story features a small group of rabbits. Although they live in their natural environment, they are anthropomorphized, which means they possess their own culture, language, proverbs, poetry, and mythology. Evoking epic themes, the novel follows the rabbits as they escape the foreseen destruction of their warren and seek a place to establish a new home, encountering perils and temptations along the way. Perils and Temptations, it is a lot of peril in that movie. The first one I saw was back in 1978. Uh, I think I saw it, uh, see I was born in 74, the movie came out in 78, I think I saw it in 1980, I was six years old. And it played on TV, uh, as it was a custom back then, movies came out about two years after they were first released. And uh, my father had a habit of just like, going up and down the channels, right? And it was in the evening, I think it was around 6 o'clock or something. Uh, 
And uh, you fell on that movie, and right away we were like fascinated with the animation, the quality of the animation. So that's what caught our eye at first, especially my dad. He, he loved beautiful animation. And uh, of course, I was uh, enthralled, so he, he stopped it, and, and we started watching the movie. And uh, it really stuck with me. I remember back then, I mean, it, and it stuck with me for a lot of reasons. Um, a lot of stuff I didn't understand back then because I was too young, but in the, the first version was very, very gory for an animated movie. So just a heads up. The Netflix remake, however, is not that gory. You can watch it with your kids, no problem there. Uh, but the first version was really <laughs> kind of scary in a way because there was there was some blood. I mean, you're, you're talking an animated movie with bloodied rabbits. That's not something you see every day. Uh, so, of course, I remembered it <laughs> as a result. But even then, even in spite of that, I could feel the strength of this story through its timeless theme of leadership. Although as a six-year-old, you can't say, hi, what a great leadership movie. But it stuck with me. There was something epic about it. There was something about the characters, these bunnies. They like leaped off the screen. And Netflix remade the movie. It's in uh, four parts. And it's for today's audience. They did a very good job of it. My kids loved it. We loved it. I mean, we I was actually looking forward to it because we, we didn't watch the whole thing in one sitting. We watched it in a couple of weekends. And I was looking forward to the next weekend to finish the movie. I was so excited about it. Uh, so we were very, very impressed by the leadership lessons in the movie. So here is the preview that we're going to play for you guys. The preview of the next Netflix version of Watership Down. And pay attention to the references about leadership in that preview because we're going to use this as a template for our subject, okay? So here's the preview, the preview on Netflix of Watership Down. There's a terrible evil in the world and it comes from men. Men will never rest until they've spoiled the earth and destroyed the animals. My mother said I'm too romantic. Hazel, this is where it comes from. The thing in my dream. The fields are filled with blood. I almost started to believe her. Something foul and fierce is coming to this place. Run! Are you sure, Fiverr? I'm telling you now, as your brother, you have to believe me. Something's coming! Where there are humans, there is death. If you stay here, they'll find you. Now run! Go, go! Something's here. What's going on? Everyone, run! We're never out on them now. We're done for. Come here, you. If I make one bad decision, we all end up dead. We followed you here because you promised us a better life. I'm not a leader. You believed in us and brought out the best in us. Don't give up yet. There's still hope. Fire on fire! Do you have any fight left in you? They may not have wanted a war, but that is what they will get. I'm going to take great pleasure in killing you. Storm the tunnels! Hazel! You have fought so hard to earn your freedom. But now, you must fight to keep it. <laughs> this is our home. And I will defend it. So we're back. So this brings us here and now. In the preview, the rabbit you hear saying, if I make one bad decision, we all end up dead, and later says, I'm not a leader. That rabbit's name is Hazel. 
In the movie, Hazel is not the strongest, or the fastest, or the biggest, which are all very good qualities to have if you're a rabbit. But, in spite of all that, he is the leader of their small group. He is the implementer of his brother Fiverr's vision. See, his brother Fiverr is the one who has the vision of what's going to happen. He's kind of like a, the little prophet of the group, if you will. He's the, he's the, he's the skinniest, the, the smallest rabbit, but he's the one who's, been, who's given dreams and visions of what's coming in the future for them. And Fiverr has a bad vision of death and blood, and he knows, he tells his brother, he says, look, we need to leave this place, it's going to be destroyed, we're all going to die. So Hazel takes his brother at his word, and he's like, okay, you know what, you're, you're probably right, I know you, you've, you have a good track record with this. So Hazel uh, goes to tell the other uh, rabbits, along with Fiverr, and they convince a little group of rabbits to go with them. But, you know, it's, it's hard for them because deciding to leave means that they're leaving their comfort and safety behind, or, or what they thought was their safety. Leaving for those rabbits means risking much without a guarantee of success or survival. Because their warren, the underground tunnels where they live, that's where they're basically safe, right? But leaving means they're going to be uncovered. They won't have that safety anymore. They're going to be wandering for a while. So it's kind of reminiscent in a way of the Exodus, right? When Moses says, okay, guys, we're leaving. We're, we're getting out of this place. And uh, the, the trek that follows in the desert was probably pretty scary at first. But anyway, for those bunnies, it's the same thing. So they need to, to leave. And by leaving, that means putting everything on the line. So it's no small thing for, the, for these bunnies. Nevertheless, Hazel and Fiverr are able to convince a small group to follow them, and then the adventure and their trials begin. Hazel is like many of us in positions of leadership, especially at the beginning of the movie. Because at the beginning of the movie, Hazel is no leader. He's just a, you know, a, a, a citizen of that particular place. So he has no leadership experience whatsoever. He's smart, he's brave, and yes, he is self-sacrificial. But at the beginning of the movie, he's just not that confident leader. He's got a lot of self-doubt. And I know that this might describe some of you listeners out there. You know, you're smart, you're brave, you're self-sacrificial, you've got some great leadership qualities, but maybe you struggle with self-doubt, which is what we're going to talk about today. So that's his big problem, okay? Hazel, that's his big problem. You see, like, from the, for the first half of the movie, Hazel has big struggles with self-doubt. As they leave and they, they encounter all kinds of problems, it's a recurring thing for him. And that self-doubt makes him very hesitant and fearful at first. He's under very high pressure. Remember what we heard in the, uh, the clip, the trailer, where he says, if I make one bad decision, we all die. He's very scared to make that one bad decision. He doesn't want to have that on his shoulders. So, as a result, Hazel is your prototypical reluctant leader. And reluctant leaders are not that rare. Contrary to popular belief, leaders with self-doubt are the majority, not a minority. Especially 
when you when we first start out as entrepreneurs or as leaders I've, with people working with us and 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 with us uh, leading you know this is something that is affecting a lot of beginner leaders okay and even seasoned leaders yeah exactly and you know a lot of people that that start a business uh, whether they're an entrepreneur whether uh, they've been put in a position of leadership um, sometimes it could be in a church they want to do something for God and then they realize that wow okay I have to step up and become a leader mm. um, for a lot of people you know it can be very scary and all of a sudden the self-doubt comes creeping in and some will unfortunately even decide not to do, to do what it, what it is they're supposed to do because they just feel like you know they're never going to be a good leader because they always uh, have this image of this leader in their mind and they think that they just can't achieve that. And self-doubt can keep you from your destiny. So it's right. very important that we address that today, okay? It's very, very important. And as I mentioned, it's often the plague of the beginner leader. You know, you had, your metal hasn't been tested. You don't know what you're capable of yet when you first start out. So obviously you have self-doubt. It's perfectly normal. But it's not good. It's not a good thing, and you have to learn to overcome it. And you're gonna over. We're gonna see how that's gonna happen. Okay. So when we enter the field of leadership development, when we're budding out as a leader, we're just starting out. Uh, we start reading those books and following those seminars and listening to those YouTube videos and trainings and attending conferences and all that. We tend to have uh, unrealistic expectations of what leadership entails. We also have unrealistic expectations of what we should be like right off the bat. So we, what we do is we look around at the good leaders and the fruitful entrepreneurs around us and we think they have it all together. We think they never hesitate and instinctively know what to do in whatever circumstance. We think they're always self-assured, confident, and rarely feel any fear. And that's just not true. They're humans, they're just like you. They do feel fear, they do struggle with self-doubt, and they may lack confidence sometimes. It's perfectly normal. Even the most seasoned leaders have that. Exactly, because there, you know, once you get more experience with leadership, there's a lot of the unknown that's, that you've um, gone through. So you're not as scared anymore, but as a, a leader that's growing, you're always going into a territory that is the unknown. You're always growing outside your, look, you're moving out of your comfort zone. That's what your growth is all about, right? So exactly. obviously it's normal you can have self-doubt as you approach new challenges or new exactly. ways or new, anything that, that's new might give you some self-doubt. It's yeah, just normal. And especially when it's something that God asks you to, uh, to do or to implement, um, maybe it's a new assignment, something that you're, you've never done before, uh, even if you're very experienced, experienced in leadership, it could be a you know, reason for self-doubt as well. Okay, there you go. Also, contrary to popular belief, I'm going to say something that might shock the listeners here, and I, I don't want you to be shocked, just listen to me. Self-doubt is not always a bad thing. And I know we're taught the opposite of that, like that, that self-doubt is practically of the devil and all that. <laughs> and in most cases, you know, you, you have to overcome it. It's, it's, it's not a good thing to have, right? Because you want to be confident as a leader. But I'm going to tell you something that you probably never heard before. In dire situations, whether in life or business, 
self-doubt is actually a good thing. Let me repeat that. You can write that down. In dire situations, whether in life or business, self-doubt is actually a good thing. Now, there's something you probably never heard before. <laughs> but let me be clear, okay? I don't want to be misunderstood here. Let me be clear. In small matters, self-doubt is a plague that doesn't have its place for a leader. But in dire situations, in big decisions, that's another story. Of course, self-assurance and confidence is a must in leadership. It's really important. Nevertheless, when we're talking about huge life-altering decisions or, 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 or stuff that, you know, the big, big decisions in your business or entrepreneurship, stuff that can affect your well-being, the well-being of your family or the well-being of others, self-doubt is, as we will see, often necessary. Show me a leader who struggles with self-doubt before big decisions, and I will show you a leader who cares deeply. There are three important components associated with a leader's self-doubt. So when I say that in big decisions, self-doubt is a good thing, here's what, we're going to, here's what I mean. We're going to look at that. There are three important components of why that is, why it's a good thing before big decisions. Here's what self-doubt does when you're faced with big life-altering decisions, like Hazel in the movie, where it needs to move out of their... They're, they're warring that they've known all their life and go into the unknown. So, Liz, what's the first point? It makes you prudent. Self-doubt makes you pause and reflect. A leader with self-doubt will not jump into the fray right away. He will evaluate the possible obstacles and dangers. He will devise a plan. He will take his time. He will be prudent. He will not overestimate his ability nor underestimate the challenge. These are all good things. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 3, The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Yeah, exactly. So it makes you prudent. Number two, it makes you think, which is no small thing. <laughs> Thinking is an essential part of effective leadership. Self-doubt before difficult decisions forces you to ponder more deeply than usual. We often have an unrealistic image of inspirational leaders who act first and ask questions later. Massive and convincing action holds a more romantic image of leadership. We see this as sexier, quote-unquote sexier, than a leader behind closed doors, alone, thinking and praying for an hour. The problem with acting first and asking questions later is this. The questions you might ask later could be along the lines of, now, what just happened? <laughs> right. So you don't want that. You don't want to look back at the mess you made and wonder what happened. You want to know that what just happened was the result of sound thinking and planning and that comes through thinking and you know when we're talking about self-doubt um like we're talking about sprinkles of it okay we're not talking about 
self-doubt to a point where it paralyzes you from taking action. We don't want analysis paralysis. That is not what we're talking about. Yeah, it's just having that, you know, small kind of voice inside of you saying, hmm, let me just, you know, I, I need time analyze to think about this. this. I need to check about this, this thoroughly before we move on in exactly. a direction. Yeah, Pray exactly. about this and then be like, okay, you know, now I have assurance I move. Yeah. And the third thing, the third point is, take it away, Liz. It makes you seek counsel or help. So this is huge. Self-doubt forces us to go outside of ourselves for solutions. My kids, when they are playing at building things, often like to say, teamwork makes the dream work. And we, we laugh when they say that. They do say that when they're building Legos together and they make something nice. And I say, well, that's really nice what you did there. And they go like, teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, self-doubt forces us to seek help from others on the team or around us. And that's a very good thing. The Bible tells us from the book of Proverbs in chapter 11, verse 4, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Amen. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22 says, Without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. So it's really important that you guys understand this. You know, like, it's so important if you're going to make a, a really, you know, big life decision or... Maybe it's something that you you feel like you have to shift in your business or something that you feel that God is tugging towards you, pulling towards you in a certain direction. And it's important to seek counsel. It's important to take time and pray and not, uh, like we were saying, not be that impulsive leader that just, you know, goes, you know, with his emotion all the time. Yeah, absolutely, Liz. And you're absolutely right. You don't want, you know, in leadership, you don't want to be, paralyzed by self-doubt but on the other hand you don't want to jump right into the fray without even thinking and there's a, a, a rabbit in the in the movie called bigwig and he's more of the impulsive type and he has a hard time keeping his emotions in check and uh, he's that ex he's pretty much the opposite of hazel they they work great together by the way this is a, they, are, they make an amazing duo because they both kind of lead the team in their own way but hazel is the nominal leader and Bigwig is more the impulsive type, but you're absolutely right, you know. But for the whole time of the movie, Hazel, uh, to get back to uh, seeking counsel for help and all that, Hazel spoke with the others and he listened to them. He wasn't afraid to seek counsel or help because their safety, and he knew that, depended on the counsel he got from others. He really understood the value in that. So self-doubt before big decisions stems from healthy fear okay when it's a big life-changing altering decision or a decision that's really huge for your business having self-doubt is not only normal but it's even healthy and that's another thing there's another thing we're not often told in personal growth you know in personal like in personal growth we're often told oh fear is your enemy you know and it is most of the time fear is absolutely your enemy Fear will paralyze you. Fear will prevent you from moving forward. Fear will prevent you from uh, reaching your goals, your dreams, and, and accomplishing your vision. But in certain instances, fear can be your friend. In the movie Rocky V, which is probably the least popular of the series, <laughs> 
there's a short scene where Rocky is training his new protege. He gives him some really good advice about fear. And I'm going to play, we're going to play that clip for you guys. It's really, uh, it's really insightful. Pretty good uh, tip from Rocky Balboa. Have a listen to this. Hey, who, who's your best friend back in Orlando? Oh, that's, uh, that's Oklahoma. Well, well yeah. Uh, Eric Elder. No, 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 no. Your best friend is a guy named Frankie Fear. You see, fear is a fighter's best friend. You know, it ain't nothing to be ashamed of. You see, fear keeps you sharp. It, it keeps you awake. You know, it makes you want to survive. You know what I mean? But the thing is, you got to learn how to control it, all right? Because fear is like this fire, all right? And it's burning deep inside. Now, if you control it, Tommy, it's going to make you hot. But you see, if this thing here, it controls you, it's going to burn you and everything else around you up. That's right, you know. So as you saw from that clip, fear is not all bad. You know, Frankie fear keeps you sharp. It keeps you awake. It makes you want to survive. And like I said, big life-altering decisions are about a lot about survival, right? So in other words, fear and self-doubt will often keep you from doing stupid things that could hurt you or other people or your organization. Lack of fear and bravado, although we may admire it, is not always wise. The opposite of a reluctant leader is, we spoke about it a little bit earlier, is the overeager leader. Just like self-doubt, overconfidence often affects inexperienced leaders, but at the other end of the leadership spectrum. So on the one, one end you have self-doubt, and on the other end, you have overconfidence. And these are rookie mistakes, I guess you can say, in, in most inexperienced leaders. In leadership, fearlessness, having no fear at all, is often a sign of thoughtlessness. Let me repeat that. That's a good thing to remember. In leadership, fearlessness is often a sign of thoughtlessness. The overeager leader, on the surface, seems like a more confident and better leader. But the overeager leader makes the following often very costly mistakes. For example, he neglects the effects of his decisions on others. He doesn't foresee the risks or dangers. So he's not able to see ahead, to foresee. He doesn't provide solutions to potential obstacles. He has no backup plan and he doesn't calculate the cost. The overeager leader in the Bible may be compared by what Jesus talks about in Luke chapter 14, verses 28 to 32. Liz, would you read that for us? Yes. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying... This person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. So you see, while the overeager over leader may not have self-doubt, it isn't because his plan is foolproof. It's often the opposite. 
His lack of planning is the proof he is a fool. Full proof, proof he's a fool, get it? <laughs> <laughs> the overeager leader is more difficult to train. I, I'm, I'm talking about overeager leader in, in the, when, you first, when you, they first start out. We're talking about more like a rookie here. He's more difficult to train, teach, or mature than the reluctant leader who has self-doubt. And he's often unteachable. You know, guys, it's always easier to build up people than to rebuild them up. And so for, for the leader with self-doubt, if you have one in your organization, you need to build them up to encourage them. But the overeager leader, you kind of have to rebuild them up. <laughs> That's more challenging. It can be more difficult. So how can you as a leader overcome self-doubt. That's after all the subject of this podcast. And we don't want to say self-doubt is a great thing and stick with it and it's a wonderful thing. We just wanted to show you the positives in certain situations. But obviously, it's something that you need to, as you grow in your leadership, you need to overcome it. So how do you overcome it? Well, the answer is by developing the ability to make profoundly sound decisions. By developing the ability to make decisions, you stand by fully. In Watership Down, towards the middle and the end of the movie, Hazel became much more self-assured. And we don't want to tell you too much about the movie because then it's, we're going to have spoilers and it's going to kind of suck for you. Because I know what I know what you guys are going to do after you hear this podcast. I know you're going to go watch that with your kids, right? Or even if you don't have any kids, you're going to go watch it on your own. Like, I got to see this bunny movie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's my hope for you. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to see it's really, really good. But uh, around the middle of the movie, he wasn't reluctant anymore. He embraced his leadership. After his decisions had been tested positively, in, because of the good results he got from them, he became more seasoned and self-assured. He had become a truly great leader. And I believe this is because he had developed the ability to make sound judgment and decisions which were proven to be correct in the course of whatever the, when they implemented and, and, and went into action mode, his decisions were proven to be correct. And the author of Watership Down, Richard Adams, based the character of Azel on an army officer he knew. And here's how Richard Adams described that this um, army officer. To Hazel, I gave the qualities of an officer under whom I served he had the natural power of leadership. He was not only brave, but modest and retiring, yet with excellent judgment. So we, that describes Hazel. Developing your decision ability, your decision-making ability, is the best way to gradually defeat self-doubt as a leader. As you witness the positive results of your good decisions, you will gain more self-assurance. But how does one make good decisions? How can you get to that? How can you become a person who makes really, really good decisions, no matter what the situation? Well, as the saying goes, good decisions come from experience, and experience comes from bad decisions. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be this way for you, even if you're just starting out. No matter what your level of experience, you can begin making good decisions right now 
by asking yourself the right questions um, that, that relate to this decision you need to make, okay? Back in 2016, we were attending the John Maxwell team event and John Maxwell gave us a list of questions to ask ourselves before making any big decisions. So there's 10 questions in all, and these questions are keys to making sound decisions and in the process, eliminate self-doubt as leaders. So we're going to go down the list of those 10 questions you need to ask yourself when confronted with big decisions as leaders. Number one, what are my options? It's always good to weigh your options and pick out the best possible one. Number two, is this mutually beneficial or helping another person? You don't want to make a decision that's only looking out for number one, right? Number three, what's the risk? Obviously, when you make a decision, you have to weigh the risk. Number four, is it timely? Is it the right time? Timing is everything, they say, right? That goes for decisions as well. Number five, do I have staying power? In other words, if this decision is going to lead to some kind of marathon, will I be able to endure what comes of it? Number six, what are the ramifications of these decisions? What's the collateral damage? What's, what's going to come from it? What will it impact? Number seven, have I asked for advice? We, were, we talked about that earlier. Number eight, am I afraid to pull the trigger? Now, this one has to do with your intuition. Sometimes a decision might seem, might seem like the obvious one. Ah, oh, that's obvious I should do that. And yet, even in the face of an obvious decision, sometimes we're afraid to pull the trigger. And we're like, why am I scared? Well, sometimes it's a good gut feeling you might be having. Maybe it's not the right decision after all. Are you afraid to pull the trigger? And if you are, and you need to pull that trigger, you need to convince yourself to do it. Okay, so if it is necessary to pull that trigger, you need to do it. For example, in your in an organization, you might have someone you really need to fire. You might have someone who's actually hurting your organization. Well, you have to pull that trigger. It might be a tough decision, but you have to do it. Number nine, am I making a convenient decision or a right one? Now that too is very, very, it can be very subtle. You know, convenient decisions is more a decision that's going to keep you in your comfort zone. A right decision oftentimes will take you out of your comfort zone. Number 10, and probably the most important one for a Christian entrepreneur, have I validated this decision in prayer? So is this decision a fruit of much deliberate thought and prayer and seeking God? These are great questions to ask yourself before a big decision. Right, Liz? Absolutely. I remember when we were there and uh, we jotted those down. And, you know, he he at the time was considering maybe um, accepting a position to become the, the president of the United States. Well, running anyway. He was going to run. He yeah. was deciding, should I run or should I not exactly. for the presidency? That was before uh, Trump was elected. And... Um, so he he prayed a lot about it, and he he asked himself those ten big questions. And uh, talk about a big decision, right, folks? I mean, that's not right. a decision many of us are in a situation to make. But he he actually had that decision to make, 
so obviously uh, that's a huge impactful one that needed much thought and consideration so th those are the 10 questions he came up with for us yeah and then he finally uh came to the conclusion that it was no that it was not um the right thing for for him at that time so you know um i think these are really really great great questions to ask yourself if you're in this situation and also i just want you to be um you know to remember that you know self-doubt plagues you know every entrepreneur especially now with uh social media i think it's worse because mm. it's so much mm -hmm. easier for people to see what other people are doing yeah um you know you can be <laughs> you can almost see like in their backyard and everything like everything is so out there and obvious and people are analyzing each other's business and checking their live videos and their content and you know and then you know when you you kind of do too much poking on other people's uh terrain if you want if you're just you know looking too much at your competition the grass is not always greener folks <laughs> yeah and you know that's when self-doubt can start creeping in because you have these moments you know in your entrepreneurial journey where things are highs and lows and you have difficult times and you have you know all kinds of things that you go through and so if you're you know and kind of in a low moment and kind of poking and looking at what other people are doing, then yeah, you're going to start to have some self-doubt, right? Yeah. So you have to remember, you know, to to work on your mindset. Uh, we did a few podcasts on mindset that you can look at. And, you know, to, to always remember, you know, that you have your own story, your own journey. And that even if right now you're in a season where you may be self-doubting yourself, maybe you've had, you know, confidence in... Uh, something else that you were doing prior and now God has asked you to shift your direction to another kind of assignment, something else, or maybe you're just career shifting, career changing, and you're self-doubting yourself. Can I do this? Can I pull this off? Can I be as good as blah, blah, blah? Or maybe you're just entering a new level in, in your uh, implementing your vision and, and moving right. forward in your endeavor. And for every new level, there's new devil. So that, that new devil might be intimidating you and that it might be like, oh boy, I can't do this. I don't think I can see so you can have self-doubt because it's tougher, right? Yeah, and I recommend that you, you know, you go pull out those verses that, uh, you know, those promises that God is with you and uh, to build your confidence and to always remember that your story is unique. You won't have the same story as somebody else. And, you know, God will show you things as you ask him to move forward. So he's going to build that confidence in you. And, you know, we can sprinkle a bit of, like he was saying, you know, a little self-doubt here and there just to be cautious, you know, yeah. and to apply all those points to be grounded and to make good decisions. Um, but we can never let that take hold of us, you know, whether it be, um, you know, what you need to do in your business that may be out of your comfort zone. Um, never let self-doubt Uh, handicap you to the point where you cannot take action for God. So, and I like the word you use there, cautious. To be like self-doubt will make you more cautious, and that's a good thing, right? And uh, but you need balance. You don't want to be this overeager leader who jumps in the fray without thinking. But on the other hand, you don't want to be paralyzed through analysis and then just like afraid to move. So, as you mature as a leader, you're going to find that middle ground. You're going to be that cautiously confident leader. And I think that that's what you want to you want to reach that level where you're going to be that 
cautiously confident leader. So you're going to be cautious. You're going to take time to analyze when there's a decision to make. Be smart about it. Cautious, but also confident. So when it, so that means when you made the decision, you you don't look back. You don't, okay, I made my decision. I'm moving forward like a train now. Once you make that decision, move forward like a train. Do it. Implement. And action is a magic word. And that's what you want to become as a leader. That's who. It, that's how you inspire people. Absolutely. And you know, in the movie, I think it's so well. Um, we see that so nicely uh, with the character of Hazel. How. Um, he has this profound love and caring for his Warren, for the, for the, you know, for the, the, the rabbits that he's grown up with, that are part of his team, that are part of his family, right? And because of that, he takes on this leadership position because he kind of has no choice to at one point. But it's all about his motivation is through caring. And because he takes action, because he realizes that if he doesn't, they're in danger. Well, all that ends up being uh, a really nice thing because you see his confidence grow and him become this, you know, bolder leader that really um, knows where he's going and that the uh, the rabbits actually want to follow. Oh, they do. Uh, mean, in the beginning, they, they love him. In the beginning, they doubt him. They doubt him. And, yeah. And their doubt, actually, yeah. That's something we didn't talk about in the podcast. But their doubt are like contagious since they're doubting him right he's doubting himself it's like it's like a mirror right the mirror effect and be, like, yeah and because he's doubting himself he's already he's already doubting himself now they're yeah. doubting him and it's like reflecting re reflecting back and forth you yeah know? and it's really good too because you know as christian entrepreneurs um you know there's going to be times where god's going to give you a vision he's going to show you things and they bring that out in the movie how he has visions and they're very accurate but he, even so, he doubts himself and his vision because he's so scared of making the wrong decision for for his followers, for his team teammates, that it kind of becomes contagious and they all start doubting mm. until he does have confidence in his visions and he does realize that, you know, they are there to help him. So, you know, I think that's that's what you have to remember, that God's on your side. He's there to help you. There are times where he will give you visions. Other times he'll talk to to you through other people, uh, through a prophetic word. and uh, Or, you know, you'll read something in the Bible and you'll just know that it's him speaking to you. There's so many ways. So just take action and uh, become an amazing leader. Yes. And, and you know, like if we're just going to sum up the aim of this uh, episode... There's something I jotted down here. I really want to share that with you guys. You can maybe put that on your fridge or maybe in your notebook. As you grow in leadership ability, you should aim to become confident yet cautious and most definitely caring. She mentioned the word caring earlier when she was talking about Hazel. He cared for those who were following him, those who actually dared to leave everything and follow him. He cared deeply for them and it showed throughout the movie. And that's it, you know, as a leader, I mean, people won't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And you cannot, you cannot uh, ask them for a hand unless you've touched their hearts. And that comes through caring. So that's it for this week. We really hope this episode has greatly blessed you and encouraged you. If it has, make sure you share it with your friends. And we also hope that you'll be curious and you'll check out this uh, wonderful animated movie, Watership Down, on Netflix. Have an awesome week. Be blessed. And thrive on.
Thanks for listening to the Thriving on Purpose podcast. Be sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com to access the show notes and to discover more fantastic content. Until next time, be blessed and may you thrive on purpose.